0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Last Weeks in Basketball, a recap of some of the most important storylines and highlights that happened this past 23 days in the NBA. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. I am your co-host, Mowgli, and sitting next to me, as always, the man, the myth, the mouth.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Like Mowgli said, we've been out for a little bit, but we're recharged and I think we've come up with another great episode for today. Thanksgiving classic. Guarantee. Guarantee. That's a Malvin <laughs> guarantee right there, yes?
0: All right. It is the holiday season, Malv. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And we have a lot to be thankful for as basketball fans, as podcasters. And I thought, in the Thanksgiving spirit, this is an episode that we are going to be thankful for. Would you like me to get started what I'm thankful for as a basketball fan? Oh, I'm ready. I am thankful for all of this NBA beef. I know it's turkey season, but you can't complain when we got some serious beef. Nikola Jokic versus Markeith Morris. Rudy Gobert versus Miles Turner. Kyle Kuzma versus the city of Cleveland. Lakers versus Piston 2. What are we calling that? Malice 2?
1: Malice 2.0, bro.
0: Right, the pandemonium at the palace or something? I
1: like that one a lot more.
0: So I just mentioned a few right there. Oh, Ennis Cantor versus LeBron.
1: No. Get him out of here. All right, that's all we'll say
0: there. <laughs> Out of all of those that I just mentioned, which one do you think is the craziest beef right now in the NBA?
1: The Well, okay, for me it's two different ones. The craziest beef was the Joker beef. I thought that shit was because both players were in it. You know, they were energized. But the one we're speaking about the most, or everybody is, it's the LeBron James one and is- what is it Stewart. Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Like, that was fucking insane just because Isaiah Stewart just went on one, you know? Well, not only that, there was blood involved. Did you see the highlights? I didn't see it
0: live. I got all the Bleacher Report notifications like, whoa, what's going on? And at the time, the Lakers were in a serious hole. They had just lost, embarrassingly, to Boston coming off that loss against Milwaukee, too. It was just like tensions were high, and that's what I think happened. LeBron James kind of lost his temper, Um, but so did Stewart, and that was crazy.
1: Well, it was frustration, you know. You don't really see LeBron usually frustrated like that. But, like you said, I didn't really put that into content. Like, we were just losing the last two games. But he was boxing out in the key. Like, it gets pretty, you know, chippy under the key if anybody out there knows who has played, you know. Like, it gets pretty intense in there. People are always hitting or, like, holding. And, like, yeah, you saw what LeBron's like. Just get off me, fool. Like, what the hell, you know. If they had lost that game, it would have been. A way crazier oh this the media outlet on this would have been way crazier like yes. i think this you would definitely hear like this is the downfall now like it isn't it's just like a crazy incident and, like one player who couldn't really control his his whole energy you know because like he was acting wild stewart like what the fuck bro i counted like four or five times you like try to break the like uh, like walls they made for him and you he, saw what gilbert arenas <laughs> he posted Bye bye, right? Like he's yeah. gone. Don't ever come at the king <laughs> like that. Yeah, he's like, don't do that. Um, this fool's career is over,
0: like some shit like that. You would mention another serious beef in here: the Joker versus Markeef, former Laker Markeef. I was like, yo, that was a very, very hard shove that he got to him. Oh
1: yeah, that one I felt was a little more that could have gone all the way. You know, like that could have been a, a it went out of power pretty 2. far, no. bro. No, like you the know, family like, got involved. Yeah. Are you gonna mess
0: with those yeah. European gangsters? Never,
1: never fool. <laughs> These will fight in the snow with no clothes on. <laughs> I know, man. I've seen Eastern promises. God, Vigo Mortensen. It's
0: too good. Such a dream boat. <laughs> but anyways, going back to Markeith Morris, he's gonna. I'm looking at this right now. He's likely going to be out ten games because of this. The Joker's a seven foot, like two hundred and fifty yeah. pound giant of a man. Was enough discipline enforced for Nicola?
1: Uh, see, this is hard, because these are your main stars, bro. Like you can't really put too much of a constraint on them, you know, because people want to see them. They want to, like, watch them play. No offense to Morris or Stewart, you know? Like
0: For those who don't know, Jokic was suspended one game without pay for shoving him, but Morris is still out right now, so... It's the
1: aggression, too, afterwards. That's what it is. Like, come on, like, Stewart would have maybe not gotten a uh, game suspended if he would have just stopped and left.
0: You think right now it is previous history as players as well as star treatment... And it went in LeBron's and Jokic's favor. Yeah. And I feel
1: like it sucks to say, but sometimes it has to go that way, right? If that was Ron <laughs> chest, yeah. who threw,
0: threw anything. Oh, he's gone. He's gone he's for, the for the year. The
1: <laughs> James Harden still hasn't recovered.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, you bring Harden up. And I don't know if this is the right time to say what I'm thankful for this year. Let's go. And I know a lot of NBA fans are just as thankful for the new NBA shooting rule. And how it just decimated a couple of uh, franchise players, I would say, recently.
0: I agree, Malv. A bunch of the league's premier scorers are struggling to do just that, score the basketball. James Harden, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, all of them have points per game down this season.
1: I still think for these players, because they adapted to this rule, right, when it first started, you know, when the defense was given, like, a little bit more of a shackle and letting offense play a little bit more. But these guys are NBA players. They have skill. It just it looks like it is going to take them a little while for them to like get rid of their old habits. When James Harden would go for it, like he just seemed like he'd stop mid mid air because his body was so used to it. oh that's when the foul's called like boom end time I'm gonna to go to the free throw line and like it's not like that anymore. You have to follow through now, and I think that's what it is. It's just the mindset of like because they ne- they knew they never had to follow through right because they knew they were going to get fouled, and it didn't matter if that shot went in or not because they were going to take it to the free throw line. The ref was going
0: to bail them out. Mm-hmm. They were going to shoot their free throws, get their points per game. That is not the case this year. The counter to that, though, is a bunch of players that have not relied on that rule. If anything, they're getting stronger and more efficient. I'm thinking of Paul George. Mm. I'm thinking of John Morant, Jimmy Butler, like players that didn't rely on the ref to bail them out. Yeah. Shout out to YouTuber, I just saw his video, Jimmy High Roller. He went in depth about this. All these top scorers struggling to actually shoot the ball. This is more skill right now.
1: That's how you do this. Like, it's part of that, like, continuation. like, these fools already were known to, like, just go at it. You know, they put their body up there because, like, they're like, fuck it, bro, this is basketball. I'm going to take it and try to make it. So, like, that's why the rule is good for these players who would usually just get stopped, you know, and it messes up the flow. And it definitely messes up the flow for the player and for, like, the viewer watching the game. How many fucking times did we say like so many times like so many fouls and that so many needless fouls just because these fools aren't going to make plays they're not you know it's they don't want to do it they want to get the win that easy way through the buckets and I'm liking that the league is taking this away I haven't heard any more negative response from it even from like the diehard fans of Harden of Lillard like I haven't even heard them go like this rule is like horrible this is the worst thing ever like I haven't heard any of that
0: I I don't mind it. Okay, moving on to the next thing we are thankful for. Malv, I've been saying it for years. I am thankful that we are in the Pacific Division. Oh, my God. The best division in the league. All right? I don't have to tell you what the Warriors are doing in Steph Curry right now. This is without Klay Thompson. This guy is, I don't even know what to say. He's on an MVP tear, even more impressive than his back-to-back ones, given all that's happened, given the layoff, given how they were written off without Kevin Durant. And he is just like, he's breaking, he's defying all the odds right now. It's incredible. He just passed Ray Allen for the all-time three-pointer scored in like 600 less games, right?
1: Something. But, well, the playoffs too, he's the most in the playoffs as well. Like he's just an unbelievable, we know this. This is what we know, but this is what we wanted to see mostly last season, you know, where he came towards more the end. But to me, I honestly feel like, yes, the team is a lot better, first of all. It's a younger. But I think for sure another thing in his mind is, like, they know they're getting Clay back soon. Like, not soon, but, you know, this season. And I feel like that's what's giving Steph that extra energy and that determination, you know? Because, like, my my Splash bro is coming back, and he's going to come back to, like, a playoff contention team. Not a fucking shitty Warriors from last season who had to go into a play-in tournament. I don't think he's going for that.
0: No, no, you know, not at they're all. They're
1: gunning for it because, like, this is their window closing, right? Technically, kind of, you know, the decades are already winding up for them.
0: Well, they're getting up there in age, Malv. But I'm thinking of Jordan Poole and all the others. I love the way they play on both ends of the floor. You see the hustle. You see just the system. They believe in each other. It's it's very cool to watch as a basketball fan. It bothers me as a Lakers yeah, fan yeah. in Pacific Division. Well, like, that's Fans. why I hate when you
1: say that because, like, I don't want to, like, you yes, have to give as a basketball player, you do. Yes. But when your team isn't doing so well, you do not want to be in, like, us fucking the Pacific Division. But this is what the Lakers
0: set themselves up for, okay? Because the Lakers have always won these championships. They set the standard. The rest of the teams in that division need to step their game up. And right now, what the Lakers are doing is not that. This isn't the Lakers time. This isn't Lakers (laughs) talk, but I'm just going to get into this very briefly. This current iteration of the Lakers reminds me of a fusion of the 2012-2013 Lakers mixed with the 2018 Cavs. Where it's like you have a bunch of all of these mm. very superstar premier names kind of over the hill in the 2018 Cavs, and then combine that with the 2012 13 Lakers, where it's like you have the big three, you're expecting stuff, and it's just fumbling from the beginning.
1: I give you that, but on the Cavs, one I don't because I feel like even our team veterans are way more stacked talent wise than the Cavs ever were. Like that's how I feel. That's, that's okay, how that, I feel. Even now looking,
0: I just felt you know they had Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, Isaiah Thomas at the time, like just loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. And then you you have the same star power here: Carmelo, Russell Westbrook, Dwight, AD, and it's just like they're falling flat. But that's enough Lakers talk right now. We're going to get into that later. We're thankful for the Pacific Division: Warriors, fifteen and two; the Phoenix Suns, fourteen and three; the LA Clippers, ten and seven. The Sacramento Kings, they just fired Luke Walton, <laughs> so they can only go up from there. Right. Dang, he should have never left Golden State, man. Right?
1: he should have stayed an assistant coach. He went, what, 16-1? and one?
0: Yes, he went coach of the month, that right? Was it. That
1: was, that was it for him.
0: That was his peak, bro. That was his peak. And then you got the yeah, Lakers at 9-9. Nine and nine. Fuck. At 9. Ninth place, 9-9. Nine and Nine. nine. Side quest real quick. We've got ourselves a side quest. What up?
1: Forgot to mention the beef between Kyle Kuzma and Cleveland. oh that was the best one. Okay. Yeah. Just out of pure laughs and everything, that's the best. Because, like, his burn was fucking sick on them. They told him, hey, you didn't win a, You didn't get a championship without LeBron. He got you your championship. And he just threw it straight at them. It's like, Cleveland, we got something in common. Look in, in the mirror. We got something in common. Because you wouldn't have a championship either if it wasn't for LeBron. Bam. But, but what I love, too, is like, even the Cleveland news got into it and shit. Like
0: Also, did you see Kuzma's fit yesterday?
1: I, I love the, the hate. purple sweater. I love the, the pink hate. sweater. I'm I sorry. Love I love the hate. Kuzma, stay swagging. Wait, can I have a side quest? Little baby uh, thing. I'm thankful for side quest. Yes. All right. Usually I don't say it, but I'm thankful for all these baby Lakers who've gone out and left the Lakers and are really just prospering right now.
0: It sucks to see, but yes, they've spread yeah. their wings. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma,
1: Lonzo Ball, oh. Alex Caruso. Wow, you know? the Bulls.
0: The Bulls and the Sixers. I'm thankful the Eastern Conference doesn't suck that much this year.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right? That much. Oh, I don't know, man. It's a weird one in the East, you know. I I know you called this. Our fans will know it. I didn't think Chicago was going to do shit. I thought they were going to be okay. You had it. And that's what they're doing, bro. They're fucking, they're steamrolling teams, man. No one saw that coming. Good for them. Let's see if they can maintain that momentum. All right, let's do the injured
0: list. Ah! Welcome to the injured list, where we recap recent players' injuries as well as players returning from injuries. We mentioned Markeith Morris going to miss about 10 games or so because of the lingering effects of the altercation. Uh, but the main one, my heart, my boy, Luca, uh. he's injured. He's been injured. Breaking news. It's a Thanksgiving miracle, ladies and gentlemen. Luca is no longer injured. He returned Tuesday night, almost had a triple-double against the Clippers. He looked good. He said he was tired. He was jawing at Terrence Mann. I love this rivalry. The Clippers and the Mavericks, it started in the bubble. What a team to come back against. All right, back to Malvin Mowgli.
1: Well, I was reading some rumor like that AD might not be able to play again. You know, that's no good. AD's on my fantasy team.
0: Come on, AD. Also, another fantasy player, Alex Caruso. He's day-to-day with a wrist. Uh, I needed his points. I needed his energy. We mentioned Cleveland a bit earlier. Mm, Uh, Colin Sexton and Evan Mobley are both out. Uh, Sexton looks like he will miss the remainder of the season with a knee injury. Uh, I had drafted him a couple times in fantasy. Get better soon. Michael Porter Jr. is still out. But Klay Thompson... It looks like everything is going to be clear for him to come back around Christmas Day. He was just cleared for full practice. And then a nice transition into Lakers talk. Taylin Horton Tucker! THT. Wow! I was so close to swooping him up in fantasy. And then someone else just, oh, right underneath me. I was so bummed. He's come back and made quite an impression, this youngster. You love to see it. Hopefully he can remain a starter. I think it's time we get into Lakers talk, Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like Mowgli said, this is my favorite time of the fucking show. Lakers talk. And, you know, this year, last year was a little tough. Um, but I do have some things I'm thankful for. Number one thanks is Carmelo Anthony. My God, how thankful we are to have him. Like, just that energy he's bringing now that we need. Even though it's not transitioning to all wins. Like, this is the mellow that I wanted Putting in that work. Everybody's noticing. After the fight at the Malice, or the Palace. The pandemonium at the Palace, right? He took over, and he made sure that the Lakers won because it would have been an easy loss for us to be like, oh, fuck it, our best player's gone. Just, we were already losing by 12. Did we mention that that was LeBron's second ejection of his career? And his first suspension of his career in 19 years, bro. (gasps) We didn't, though. We didn't mention that. Now we, we did <laughs> Well, now we did. Oh. And, yeah, no, I've been really on this. And the other Laker player and the that I'm very thankful is Dwight Howard and his shooting of the three-pointer. More than <laughs> 70%. This is, this is a crazy. These are NBA facts right, right here, man. He is shooting 70% for three, right? He's breaking the records, man. He's breaking records, all right? He's going to be the best center three-pointer that we've ever seen in the league those are the only two things I'm thankful for this year because everything is horrible. I don't like putting on the alarms early. That's Mowgli's job, but I'm like 9-9 and with this team. Throw the alarms right now, bro. Throw them on. They're
0: on. They're on. I heard you. I heard you loud and clear, Mal. I like the fact that you said you are thankful for Carmelo. I'm thankful for him as well. I'm thankful for Taylon Horton Tucker, these young Lakers kind of doing their thing. But as a whole... It, it's pretty tough to be a Lakers fan right
1: now, and it shouldn't be, guys. Like, come on, me and I'm still a little bit like this team is still fucking good, dude. Like, don't. It's only 18 games in. We're Remember not what far. we said
0: at 10 games we we needed to see seven and three. That didn't happen. Yeah. Well, what it happened was, <laughs> you know that meme. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, AD a couple games ago, he mm-hmm. came out and said it. We suck mm-hmm. after an embarrassing loss. Was that against the Celtics or the Bucks?
1: I think it was the Celtics because yes. we were supposed to win that game.
0: And then did you see Did you see what the Celtics did, Boston Sports Network? No. They, they had they Dennis Schroeder on there because he had a game. That's Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> I, you can't say Denise right now. He, he he balled out, and then it said in uh, when they were listing his highlights, it said, y'all really playing Russ 44 million, LOL. Oh, I saw that one. Oh, yeah that yeah. one hurt, but that's the facts. We got to take it, Laker yeah. fans. Take the burn right now. He's speaking the truth. Uh, embarrassing performance against the Boston Celtics. Embarrassing performance against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Giannis was manhandling Anthony Davis, uh, and I noticed it. On the, what was it? It was like forty-seven points to eighteen points. Ad's eighteen points.
1: Well, Ad's been a little fragile during this season already. There's been a couple close calls. At least for us Laker fans, holding our hearts and stuff. We're like, Ugh, are you? And every time he clutches a fucking leg and ankle and knee, it's just like, what the fuck? But this season. What you were saying, I loved it when he did that. I remember he was getting a lot of call-out for saying, yo, we suck. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I've, I've been seeing, especially during the post-game interviews and a lot of, like, you know, written papers afterwards, is that AD seems more aggressive in his personality right now, which I like and which I need, because he's got to be the next leader for the Lakers after LeBron's done. But his energy, I'm feeling that, like, what we were talking about, that old pal, like, hey, you need to, somebody punch 80 in the chest and be like, hey fool, you're one of the most fucking dominant big men in the game. Act like it, bro. You're a championship you're you have a championship already. Yes. You know, play that way. We know you have skill in the fucking paint, bro. You know, because I felt a lot of times that he was too quiet in the last like two seasons. There are points where it's like, 80s, fucking say something. You're co captain, dog.
0: I agree with that, Malv. And while you were saying that, I was thinking about 80's journey compared to Giannis's journey compared to like Carl Anthony Towns. And I was really saying who was the best big man out of those three. And I was really trying to think about that. And I want it to be AD, but given Giannis's route and how he was always the alpha, he did it himself. Like, he won that championship for Milwaukee. And then given what Carl Anthony Towns is doing, like, he's never really had that support. That's kind of what AD was like in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Um, But he seems like he's turning a, a new direction right there with his little big three. Who is the best player out of those three then? Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns, or Anthony Davis?
1: Giannis. Giannis. And I think more because he's always trying to add something different, right? Like the whole him versus Harden, like fool, you don't, you don't do anything but just go slam it. It's like, no, let me show you. Hey, James,
0: you don't do anything but wait for referee call. Yes.
1: Where is your ring? Yeah, you know, but like, I just like his spirit too, you know, like, I feel it's like that Greekness, bro. That's what it is. It has to be like that foreign bread kind of stuff. You it's know, that like Hercules not losing, you know, it's like, yeah, you're down trauma, but like you could pick up and like lace up your own shoes and get there. Like the way Giannis fucking ran to the, the arena, how we heard when he first got here, it's that, that kind of thing that he keeps wanting to be better, but like, I don't feel that from AD, even though, you know, he's our boy, but I don't feel that, you know, like do something or like show us that you want to be better, you know, and I don't feel that. If any of our listeners watch Joey Diaz, listen to uh-huh. Joey Diaz, or watch
0: MMA, he's like that immigrant mentality. I yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Joey Diaz. I fucking love the fucking <laughs> immigrant <it>. mentality. <laughs> so uh, you know, Giannis comes from Greece. Yeah. You know, he does have that. Well, no, that's what it is
1: too. And it's like Giannis didn't play fucking university ball. He didn't play in the American basketball system. You know, and while well, we're bringing him back to the 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 rule, the new NBA shooting rule, like that, I feel affected more american basketball players than it did european basketball players right and like the skill set too will say it's still like yes americans are gifted naturally i feel with basketball right and yes they still train to get more skilled but i i've always felt and i know a lot of fans feel the same way that somehow europeans are just warm bred but ba- they they play basketball they they learn the skill. It's you the know? chemistry, too. Yeah. like yeah, It's team ball. It's team ball to them. That's how I feel like, yes, we're Americans. We all want to show off, too. But like, when you see other teams play, especially international ball during the Olympics and stuff, FIBA tournaments, like you see what I call real basketball. That's why a lot of people back then, when the Spurs were the shit, would... Uh, Tim Duck and everything. I heard a lot of people like, this is boring basketball. This ain't fun. But, like, for me, it's not like, hey, everybody, like, when you get everybody a touch and you still fucking win and make points, that's part of, like, that's just as fun as one person going off, you know? That style went from not cool to cool.
0: Well, I bring all that stuff up because Tracy McGrady recently came out and said that he would have picked Dwight over AD in the top 75 as of right now. Mm. And I was telling you, I said Dwight got snubbed and, um, you know, he kind of made a point where it's like right now, like AD has a chance to maybe be a top 100.
1: The potential.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Dwight should have been on the 75. Um, just food yeah, for you thought. You
1: were on there. You were on there. Food. I told you. But see where that potential is. Like, I think that's why he's kind of saying that Dwight's career is already set.
0: Yeah. And on, I mean, that's his exactly prime what is over. he's saying. He's, that's saying, saying you know, he's saying his prime is yeah. over. He should have been a 75 player. AD's, he's up next.
1: Potentially, and,
0: yes, potentially, and hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, you know, we're talking about Giannis versus AD. Who wouldn't love to see that in the finals? That'd be an epic, but a power... real broad bra. like, exactly.
1: you know, a brawl, yeah. exactly. A power
0: forward, to power four matchup, mm-hmm. that, and like they are both gifted in different like attributes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, fingers crossed that happens. We would be very thankful if that actually happens. Let's move on to other Lakers news, shall we? Like you said, Mal, the warnings were there, Mal, but no one wanted to listen. It's like a doctor. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, I'm looking at the reports here, and like your stool samples are okay.
1: No, <laughs> it's like the check engine light. It's yeah. on there. Something might be happening. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I was talking about it in preseason. They're like, no, you're all right. I was talking about it in the regular season, in the tip off, NBA tip off week, and you're like, no, you're all right. But we're here now. I'm a little freaked out. I still have faith that they will figure it out because LeBron James is too talented. This team is too talented to not figure it out. You had something you wanted to mention, yes?
1: Well, I'm going to go towards this is more the rumor report. So I was, you know, going through the interwebs and I was reading a lot of chatter of like a lot of people are saying, get rid of Westbrook now. And there was a potential trade I read for him, THT, I believe, and someone else from the Lakers for Harrison Barnes. Whoa. And then that's what I I wanted to know what your like insight was, because you've been pretty on point this uh, season. I'm going to give you their prop. I'll give you your prop. Thank you. They call me Mowgli (laughs) Domic. So so like that's yours like for me you know it I love Westbrook's energy I love it I still feel like you said LeBron is not going to let this team fail or the organization won't let this particular team fail yes but how much time is too much time and how much time is it where we are like okay a change does need to be made.
0: First thing I'm going to say is I mentioned the 2018 Cavs. This reminds me of the trade midseason when they got rid of Dwayne Wade, when they got rid of Isaiah Thomas, and they traded for that whole different bunch lineup. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. You need to keep Russell Westbrook, especially because he's a hometown dude. How devastating would that be? A change does need to happen. I'm not sure what it is. Like, if you're going to get rid of someone, you know, obviously Westbrook is the main piece, but how much like can you dangle – For what you're getting back. Because Harrison Barnes or Russell Westbrook, I'm taking Westbrook. And you're giving up Taylor Horton Tucker? What? No, dude.
1: Westbrook, I'm on your side. A lot of people aren't, though, Westbrook. Yeah, a lot. I'm telling you, it's a lot of chatter and just purely on Westbrook. That's why I want to know your opinion if you were going to trade him or just keep it and, like, let it lie. Because I don't even know what other potential deal could come up next, like, where you would be like, yeah, let him go.
0: Right, well, look at uh, Iman Shumpert. Shout out to Dancing with the Stars winner Iman <laughs> Shumpert. Maybe we can get him. He seems like a very three and D type. But um... nah, nah,
1: get Jr. out of college. We need him back. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, no more learning for you. Get back on the court. Right. <laughs> He's shot out to
0: the Pac twelve. Right, where's he at? Arizona. Dang oh.
1: Jr. I love him, bro. He's so funny. Well, we're what? What are we now? We're uh, fourth into the season. I have some orange flags going up. They're they're there. I really feel we need to step it up this next 20 set of games and just hopefully they find a lineup that actually works every time. I feel everybody at least is in their mindset of, like, they want to win, and I think that's a positive for the team. You know, I don't feel like there's a couple players here and there that don't want to win. I feel like this team legitimately wants to win. They want to win together, and they want to win now. It's just not working, and... I'm gonna let it ride a little bit more, but I'm getting a little worried now. The Worst comes to worst. I would I, like I told you, somebody's gonna have to tell fucking Westbrook, you're coming off the bench and you're leading off that second team to like fucking help us while we're resting everyone else. <laughs> they gotta figure
0: it out. They gotta figure it out soon. Predictions for the next twenty games? Fifteen and five. That's you're what I want. fifteen and five? That's what it needs to be. Shit. that's what, oh, it, no, needs that's what be.
1: it needs to be. I was going thirteen and seven.
0: That seems more realistic.
1: That's what I will take.
0: I'll take 13 and 7. But well, 15 we definitely
1: and seven. need to be more than 10.
0: Exactly, Malv. And we're running a little bit over time. I'm sorry, everybody. We haven't been recording in almost a month. It's our first time back. We're so. thankful. That's where we are. That's the main thing we're thankful for. We're thankful that we have this podcast and we have people listening across the world. <laughs> oh, so that's always really cool. Thank you to the fans. Thank you for listening to us. Oh, my goodness. We haven't even talked about the NBA standings. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Well, you mean the Warriors are the league right now. So don't worry about that. It looks like uh, Steph Curry is just changing the game. That's going to conclude it for today's episode of Last Weeks in Basketball. (laughs) We hope you had a blast listening. We always have a blast recording. Questions, comments, anything like that, feel free to email us at malvinmogli at gmail.com. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And one more thing, follow us on social media at -n 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 n underscore Mowgli. Mal, do you have anything you want to say?
1: I'm with Mowgli. Same sentiments. Thank you, guys. Uh, we promised to not take another month off again, but, you know. Especially right, right during, <laughs> the season, during the
0: as, season, as everything good was happening. God, are we the worst? Like That's when the vacation time was approved. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you again next week. See you again next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.